Hey guys, my name is John Kim. I'm a licensed therapist and life coach, putting self-betterment into a shot glass. Because let's face it, who's got that much time these days? I come unpolished, unrehearsed, on purpose. If you're looking for more of a wine glass, you've come to the wrong place. It's 2.50 on a Tuesday afternoon, and I just texted my brother, I love you. Um... Let me tell you a little bit about our relationship. <laughs> so, um, so that behavior of texting him, I love you, out of the blue, is, is, uh, is not common. It's a little bit strange. So, um, we're, I mean, we're close because we choose to love each other, uh, but we're not that close in the sense that we're very different people. Um, we grew up. Uh, he was, he's two years older than me, so we kind of grew up with different crews. And, you know, two years is is, is not a, a big gap when you're an adult, of course. But when you're kids, you know, it's the difference between, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's two grades. So it's a difference between a scrub and a senior or someone that's, you know, um, someone that does not want to hang out with his little brother. So... Um, so we had our own batch of friends. Um, we, we, we really weren't that close. Um, never really had any deep conversations. Um, we just, you know, we're just brothers, right? By, it's more of like by blood. And, um, and then life happens, meaning he, so he went left, uh, cause he's very logical. So he went picket fence. He got married early. He's got two beautiful kids, wife, that whole thing. And uh, he got busy very fast. So he had corporate jobs, um, security. And of course, when you have children, you know, it, it, everything changes. So then his life is about uh, soccer games and, and all that stuff. And and it's great, you know. Um, I, I went the other way. I went uh, <laughs> divorced, artist, therapist, um, blogger. Um, my, my life and his life couldn't be more different. And because of that, we, we just don't get uh you know a lot of opportunity uh to hang out and so he also lives about an hour and away an hour away and i know it doesn't sound that far but when you live in los angeles guys you gotta understand um an hour is like it, it, it's long distance it's like the other side of the world <laughs> especially with traffic in la people in la uh we live on our in our own little bubbles and that's what makes it work if you if you start driving um an hour hour and a half it suddenly turns into two and it just it's really it's ridiculous um just because of the congestion, the traffic, and all that stuff. So, uh, so now we're in our forties, and um, I'm trying to make a more effort to um, to get to know him, you know. And I really believe that it's it's never too late. And that, and I don't know if you guys are listening, and you have siblings, or you have friends, or you have people that you love and that you care about that have drifted, um, and you want to. Um, make more of an effort, you know, I, I really believe in living like um, today could be your, your last day. And I got to say, you know, um, being some being a motorcycle enthusiast, I, I've gone down a couple times, you know, and I've had moments where um, I've been hit. I mean, both times, look, I mean, I have angels looking out for me, but both times I've, I've, I've walked out, walked away from it without a scratch. Um, but I've been hit and easily I could have, you know, either lost limbs or died. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, you know, they, they maybe they clipped the, the front of my tire or something happened where I was able to walk away from it. Also, I have mad ninja skills. So, so there's that.
No, just kidding. But anyway, um, but I've learned, you know, and I, I think also with age that, le- that life is short and um, there's just, life is too short to, to be prideful. You know, life is too short to have ego. Life is too short to not be able to say, I love you. And I was raised in a family where, uh, and this is a cultural thing. I mean, I know my parents love me, but um, they've never, they, they rarely said it, you know. Um, my dad would say it almost jokingly, and I think it was his way of being American. Um, my mom rarely, and, uh, you know, they're old school Korean, so they don't show emotion and, and affection. So growing up uh, like that, it was it's very hard for me to say I love you. And I remember the first time, I mean, I could say I love you to a woman when I'm in love. That's very easy for me. But it was, it was very hard for me to say I love you to a man. And I remember the first time that uh, a man told me he loved me. Uh, he was my roommate and we were just boys and we were hanging out every day and we we're both going through expired relationships and we got really close. Um, he was also one of my first Asian friends because I grew up in a very predominantly white Caucasian. We were the only Asian, and this is the 80s too, guys. So that, that we were the only Asian family for like miles, right? So um, I just ended up growing up around a lot of Caucasian people, um, just non-Asians, right? Different Hispanic, Mex- you know, whatever, Mexican, just a lot of not many Asians. And... Uh, so he was one of, my, one of my first Asian friends as an adult. I was already in my 30s, and uh, we had just hung out. We became really close, and he was leaving. He was moving out, and he was uh, moving to a different state. And we kind of did the whole bro hug, and he didn't let go. And um, it was really interesting because there was a side of me, like, you know, the, the machismo guy that's just, like, kind of <laughs> wanted to push him away. It's like, man up. What are you doing? But he didn't let go, and then I felt him started to cry. And, uh, of course, that, like, I've never experienced that. And so, man, that was powerful, you know. And then I kind of leaned into it, and, and then I I got emotional as well. Um, I'm not sure if I was crying, but I, mean, I was right there, and he was crying. Um, and he said, I love you. And I remember this, and I was like, wow, no one's ever, no guy has ever said I love you to me. And it changed everything, you know. It, it it made me realize that it's it's the, the the redefinition of masculinity and that it's needed. You know, I felt. I mean, why can't two humans, whatever gender you are, uh, say "I love you" to each other uh, because they mean it? Um, but the power of that, because you know, for for me, it was the first time ever as an adult that another guy said that. And so, um, the takeaway there was just like. I've been conditioned by society, by my definition of man, um, my ego, my pride, whatever created um, whatever, you know, the the fence, right? Whatever dug the moat around my heart castle where I don't tell people I love them. And so recently, I've been trying to make a, a more of an effort um, because we could go at any time and uh, to say I love you, you know, um, and not love ya. That's a, that's easy. That's kind of a that's kind of a, like you can say, hey man, love ya. You know, like that's kind of um, and that's cool, whatever. But to actually say like, hey, listen, man, I love you. Uh, men do not say that to each other. And 
I also, um, you know, being a, a, a someone who's writing about um, men and definitions of men or redefining men and, and vulnerability, well, fuck, I got to start, I got to, you know, put my actions where my, my words are, right, and stand on that. So I've been leaning into my discomfort and I've been trying to, uh, so now I kind of say it once in a while to my boy, my my uh, my guy friends, my boys. Um, it's interesting because we'll like work out and be meat meatheads and talk about you know girls and like cars and and <laughs> whatever like that kind of like quote unquote manly things. And then um, sometimes I'll I'll give them a pat and bat and say I love you, you know. Um, and it's hard. It's hard. It's it. it, it you're so vulnerable. It's. Um, because because most of the times I won't get it back, and I know that I'm not getting it back because it's triggering for them, and it's making them feel weird and uncomfortable because they're not used to it. Uh, because that's how I felt the first time um, my friend Sam said "I love you" to me. Uh, I I couldn't say it back, and it's not that I didn't mean it. I, I was so conditioned, I was so shocked, you know. Um, but it is powerful, and man, if we lived in a world where guys. Uh, and if you're a man, I encourage you to to try this. It takes balls, I'll tell you. You know, it takes putting down that shield of um, what you think it looks like to be a man. It takes pure vulnerability. But if we lived in a world where um, just people said, I love you more, uh, who aren't, you know, lovers, who aren't husband, wife, but just like, you know, I'm thinking about you and I love you. You know, I care about you. It softens people. And it stretches our heart. And there's so much power in that. You know, it humanizes people. And so 10 minutes to just remind you guys to tell people that you care about and love, um, that you love them. Not not I love you, but, but listen, hey, you know, I love you. Um, and here's the other thing. Like, what's... What's what's the uh, what's the negative in that, you know? Like like what's the hurt? What's what's the risk? I'll tell you what the risk is: uh, your ego, and you maybe not getting it back. But if you really love someone, it shouldn't be conditional like that. Um, it's your discomfort. It's your definitions. It's you feeling uneasy, right? So there's so much growth there. Guys, if you're listening to this, um, tell other men in your life that you love them. Um, And just, I mean, not only guys, but uh, anyone listening to this, if you um, are not used to saying that, uh, practice it. It it, it will change you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope the dialogue was helpful. Listen, guys, if you want to be a life coach, just go to my website, theangrytherapist.com, and click on life coaching training and you'll find our catalyst intensive there's only two things you need to be a life coach a story which everyone has and a passion to help others